0: My name is Julia Buckley. For reasons you all know, I am essentially confined to my house for the next two weeks, at least. And like many Americans, I'm trying not to focus only on fears of the unknown. I'm not writing at the moment, although I do write mystery novels. So I'm left to my own devices within my own four walls. And suddenly I'm realizing that my house is a treasure trove filled with diversions to fill the unexpected time. My home is in fact a museum and I am an unwitting curator who has built a collection over just about 25 years. Now is the time for me to view those artifacts. In today's podcast I'll focus on the first area of unexpected discovery, my bookshelves. On just one bookshelf in my front hallway, I happen across my humor shelf, a collection of the great humorists of the twentieth century, from James Thurber to PG Woodhouse. Quick parenthetical, I remember a long ago masterpiece theater preface in which the great Alistair Cook informed me that it was spelled Woodhouse pronounced Woodhouse. End parenthetical <laughs> P.G. Woodhouse is, of course, that guy who wrote the Jeeves and Wooster novels and stories. But way back in the early 90s, when my husband and I were at our poorest, we're still kind of poor, we would go to the library for free entertainment, and I stumbled across a giant volume called The World of Mr. Mulliner. This was filled with stories about a man by that name who sat in a fictional pub called The Angler's Rest, And in each story, Mr. Mulliner would meet someone in this bar and tell them a story about a different Mulliner relation. No matter what dilemma someone presented to him, he had a relative whose story was pertinent and from which one could learn a lesson. And the stories were always hilarious. We enjoyed the world of Mr. Mulliner so much that we named one of our cats Mr. Mulliner. And now this book awaits me. I haven't opened it in 10 years. Further down the shelf is my American hard-boiled collection, from the great Raymond Chandler to Dashiell Hammett to Ross MacDonald. All three make great reads. MacDonald's Lou Archer, like many P.I.s in the hard-boiled oeuvre, was both detective and grim moral philosopher. I didn't think that anyone could find his way around a metaphor the way that Ross MacDonald could. Not, that is, until I read the books of Craig Johnson. He's on a different bookshelf, but I'll meander here because that's what your bookshelf should encourage you to do, to ride from one thought to the next in a pleasant train of associations. So Craig Johnson is the man who created Longmire. If you haven't watched that series on Netflix, you have a very pleasant surprise coming. But start with the books, the first of which is called The Cold Dish. Johnson is delightfully literary, more so than Ross MacDonald. Johnson's titles are generally borrowed from great literary works. My favorite was called Hell is Empty, an homage to Shakespeare's The Tempest, in which the king's son Ferdinand leaped off a ship that seemed to be on fire and cried, Hell is empty and all the devils are here. That phrase applies nicely to a mystery title, doesn't it? And speaking of The Tempest, Anyone who reads my Blue Lake series knows that I am a huge fan of the suspense novels written by the late Mary Stewart. One of my favorites, located on a different office bookshelf, is called This Rough Magic. It's also an homage to The Tempest. Each chapter begins with an epigraph from the play, and the characters, all gathered on the beautiful island of Corfu, are thematically based on some of the basic ideas in Shakespeare's play. There's an old retired actor to represent the character of Prospero, a young innocent woman who becomes a new Miranda, and an evil islander who represents Caliban taking pot shots at a friendly dolphin, Ariel. But I have digressed. Back to my current bookshelf. Here are even more mysteries that I read about 20 years ago by Sarah Paretsky and Sue Grafton and Martha Grimes. All of those women kept me up at night with their tales of mystery and suspense, as did Jill McGowan and Elizabeth George and P.D. James and Ruth Rendell. Oh, and here is my Agatha Christie collection. I used to go to a used bookstore down the street, now gone, sad to say, and buy up the fancy leather-look hardbacks, two or three at a time. Joe of Joe's books recognized me after a while and would put the books aside because he knew I was trying to build up a fancy Agatha Christie collection. Now I have it, and I have many Agatha-inspired worlds at my fingertips, if and when I choose to reread. I also have a beautiful coffee table book called Agatha Christie's Devon, a pictorial tour of Devon and Torquay where Christie grew up and which became the inspiration for many of her famous mysteries. Yes, my shelves are pretty heavy with mysteries, but other treasures await me if I look. I have poetry, for example, on every bookshelf. I should really actually use this time to create one alphabetized collection. But for now, if I look, here are Rilke's letters to a young poet, and Thomas's portrait of the artist as a young dog, and St. Vincent Millet's Renaissance and other poems. This is truly a time for the wisdom of poets. I often think of Millet's tribute to her mother in a poem called The Courage That My Mother Had, especially since the death of my own mother. Millet wrote in her last two stanzas, The golden brooch my mother wore, she left behind for me to wear. I have no thing I treasure more, yet it is something I could spare. Oh, if instead she'd left to me the thing she took into the grave, that courage like a rock, which she has no more need of, and I have. Yes, this is a time to listen to the voices of poets, those brilliant minds who, often when young, did the work of sorting out the inexplicable aspects of humanity or to simplify life to one humble supplication as Dylan Thomas did in his speaker's prayer in Under Milk Wood. We are not wholly bad or good who live our lives under milk wood and thou I know wilt be the first to see our best side not our worst. Oh let us see another day Bless us all this night, I pray, and to the sun we all will bow and say goodbye, but just for now. Oh, how I love the voices of the poets in these volumes on my shelves. And there are more, many more, from the romantics to the moderns. And I haven't even gotten to the children's books. These are on a totally different shelf, though, and should probably be a different podcast, because there are so many wonderful tales that engender my nostalgia. Not just the books I read to my own children, but books I read, I read, sorry, when I was a child. Books that helped to form the self that I am today as I touch these spines of various volumes with such loving attention. I will say that my reading for today is a children's book. It's an old early printing of P.L. Travers' Mary Poppins, a wonderful illustrated hardback that I found in an antique shop last summer. I grew up watching the movie with Julie Andrews, but I never actually read the book. I have now learned that there were four Banks children, not just Jane and Michael, but baby twins called John and Barbara. A little nugget of informational treasure, the kind you can find by opening any book. And that brings me to the last wonderful thing that exploring your own bookshelves can bring, the physical surprises. I have always been, for example, a book tucker. That is, rather than toss away a postcard, or a photograph, or a pretty thank-you card, I will slide it into the pages of a book. So in opening old books, I find all sorts of forgotten artifacts of a life lived. Reminders of friendships, and long-lost neighbors, and the beautiful script-like handwriting of certain relatives. I have found pictures of my babies, from the days of film cameras, when I brought in a roll of 20, hoping for at least five good shots. And some were just terrible, or so I thought. But they were so expensive, I couldn't bear to throw the bad ones away. Now, discovering them 20 or so years later, They are treasures, and they are more wonderful for their imperfection. The eyes looking away, the messy hair, the blurry hand captured on film forever. I love them anew. Thank you, bookshelves. You will provide many days' adventures if I commit to the exploration. In my next podcast, I will expand on another area of the house that can bring unexpected treasure. Until then... What delights await on your bookshelves?